Coming up on today's show, we'll have injury updates and fantasy advice for a large assortment of Major League players with our own real-life clinical expert, Ruven Guy. It's our 2023 injury extravaganza coming up next on Beat the Shift. And welcome to another episode of the Beat the Shift podcast. I am your host, Ariel Cohen. And with me, as always, is Ruven Guy. How are you, Ruven? I'm doing great. How are you doing today? I'm still hoarse. Uh, it appears that it's uh, hard to shake this uh, sore throat here. I feel good, but I just uh, sound a little, a little muddled. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I hope that voice recovers because we do have our... NFBC auction this coming week, and I hope you're able to have your voice in full working order so you can intimidate the other players in that league. Yeah, yeah. Also, I got Tout Wars on Sunday, and I'm playing against you tomorrow? What is that all about? Yeah, we're in a league. We haven't been in a league against each other, a 15-team league, NFBC style. We have not been in a league against each other in years. since I guess since the ATC projections became public. I think. Yeah, and uh, I've got a pretty good teammate. Uh, I actually am pairing up with uh, Derek Cardi, so uh, <laughs> definitely good to align uh, align yourself with a smart guy. Uh, and so uh, we will take on you, plus a bunch of others, bunch of other industry guys and some home league type guys. Uh, but uh, this is the Gotham Diamond District. Uh, Steve Cosolino, friend of the podcast, uh, has invited us once again and invited you to the league and uh, should be good. We're ready to square off tomorrow. Our buddy Ian Khan also is uh, facing off against us. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see how that goes because we'll, it is an auction and this is going to be, I think, my first auction for the year. I think it's – is it yours? It's second one, I think. You did labor back in Florida, That's correct? Right. Yes, yes, second one for me. So I'm a little bit into it already uh and we and we've done tgfbi so we know the player pool and of course we've been doing it every single week on the show but you don't want to hear from me today because we're talking uh, injuries and this is going to be our big injury spectacular extravaganza and ruvain of course is the right guy so we're going to update you on all the injuries around baseball and a little bit of fantasy uh there but you know let's just first talk about injuries in general ruvain and you know Maybe you could just give us a little bit of a quick ortho on, uh, you know, what types of injuries are, are out there, what are more concerning than others, what, what's worse for pitchers, hitters, and so on and so forth. Okay, well, let's start with pitchers because pitchers seem to get injured more than anyone else. The injuries you should be concerned about when pitchers get injured include the elbow, obviously shoulder, but also the lower body, especially if you're going to be if the pitcher lands on a leg or a foot that's injured, it can push off the healing time or the recovery time for most pitchers. Those are injuries obviously you have to look out for. Shoulder usually lands the pitcher on the IL for a longer period of time than the elbow unless there is an issue with the UCL ten, uh, ligament and that could be an issue and that can lead to Tommy John, but shoulder injuries are usually the worst and usually require, if they require surgery, they can knock the player out for an extended period of time. Just look at Frankie Montas. Um, the hitter injuries you should be worried about. 
Also, shoulder and elbow, but not as much. You should worry more about the hands because that's where if there's a hand injury, let's say they get hit by a pitch, their power could be zapped. Lower body also, that can affect their speed. It can take longer to heal sometimes because they try to push themselves too quickly. If there's an ankle or foot issue with hitters, also they can lose their power as well. If someone has plantar fasciitis like Pujols had a couple of years ago and other players had, their, hit, their power just gets zapped because they can't put any pressure and they can't get the right balance when they're in the batter's box. So um, in terms of reoccurrence, you know, from year to year, uh, I've always been told that, you know, the soft tissue injuries are much worse for reoccurrence. So we're talking about hamstrings and, you know, muscles like that. Whereas if you were hit in the hand, you know, last year shouldn't really affect you this year. But hammy could, you know, all of a sudden could crop up. Is there any truth to what I just said? Um, it can. It is possible, um, especially if they have not given the injury, the player has not given the injury proper time to heal. Now, one thing I did want to talk about, though, is the difference between spraining an issue and uh, spraining an injury, a sprain injury and a strain injury. So the difference between a sprain and a strain is that a sprain injures the band of tissues that connect two bones together, while a strain involves injury with the muscle attached to the bone. So there's a little bit of a difference. When you hear sprain and strain, they're not exactly the same thing. Strains are, are, are worse because it's connecting muscle to muscle and it could take longer to heal. And that's exactly what you're talking about. If there's a muscle strain, it tends to take longer to heal as opposed to a sprain, which usually given rest, it usually will heal pretty quickly. Now, another thing I want to mention and talk about is the difference between a ligament and a tendon. You'll hear it all the time. A ligament is a fibrous connective tissue that attaches bone to bone and serves to hold the structures together and keep them stable. For example, if someone has an ACL injury, their knee is unstable, they require surgery. UCL, also, that's for the elbow, for pitchers. If it's unstable or there's an injury, that has to be usually has to be surgically repaired. Now, there's also other ligaments they have to know about, and they're usually related to the knee of the ACL. I mentioned the MCL, LCL. But when also you hear the meniscus for the knee, that gives support to the knee when moving a t and the tear gives the knee less stability and it gives out. So the meniscus, if there's a tear, you can walk normally, but then all of a sudden you can f you feel like your knee gives out. But that l injury doesn't take as long to heal. Usually there's surgery. Usually recovery time for that is about four weeks. Now, a tendon compared to a ligament. A tendon is a fibrous connective tissue that attaches muscle to bone. So... There you go again, the issue the between a tendon and a ligament, when you hear these two things, they're completely different things going on, but they can sound the same to the person who has no idea when it comes to orthopedics. All right. Well, yeah, definitely we'll, we'll rely on you to tell us uh, when when the injuries are more severe. <laughs> I, I hope that I hope that wasn't too confusing, but um, you know, usually the tr uh, treatment for sprain, strain and a sprain are basically the same. Um, but usually the time for a strain takes a little bit longer to heal. So when you hear that, you have to be a little bit more concerned. So uh, is there a thing to players being, you know, uh, a quote, an injury-prone player, you know, guys like Troy Tolowitzki in the past and uh, Byron Buxton and Mondesi? Is that a thing? Like, because they've gotten injured in the past, uh, they will get injured in the future. Is that a real, a real thing in your opinion? I think it is very possible, especially because every person or everybody is different. And because everyone is different, their tendons and ligaments are stronger or weaker. And, and you can't really know who has the stronger tendons and ligaments and who is more prone to get injured. But if someone keeps getting injured over and over and over again, 
and they do what they can to try to prevent it, but it still happens. Yes, it may be that their makeup is not as strong as someone who doesn't get injured. What if uh, somebody's playing in the World Baseball Classic right now? Do you think that's an, uh, a concern of you or that they could more easily get injured during the year? Yes, 100%. And I'm, I'm very nervous about the pitchers more specifically in the Baseball Classic as opposed to the hitters. Max Scherzer actually came out and said that he did not want to play in the World Baseball Classic because he would be ramping up from two weeks of spring training to uh, an atmosphere where it's almost like playoff baseball where there are crowds and you're getting your, your emotions are getting into it and you're more risk to get hurt because you're trying to push your body too soon, too fast. And that can definitely lead to injury, especially for pitcher, which is why the WBC actually has limitations as to how many pitches a pitcher can throw, how many innings they can throw and stuff like that. All right. So before we go into specific players, looks like Ruben, you've queued up the uh, the injury notes. So it's time for the injury gurus trivia of the week. So we're going to talk about injuries, and I just thought, you know, throw the question out there. This is this is not not a hard question, but do you think there were more injuries or players on the IL last year when compared to 2021? I'm going to say no. You are correct. There were 739 players on the IL last year. 2021, 852 players were on. Now, you do have to take that. There's a little caveat there that COVID, COVID played a big yeah. deal with that. But if you look at 2019, there were 574 players. So still last year, there's still almost, almost 200 more players on the IL last year as opposed to 2019 and 2018 also 2018 had 585 injuries players on the IL so there still is an increase in injuries almost one out of two players end up on the aisle at some point and you have to figure out how to draft properly and have a deep bench in order to help yourself and be able to play the fab very well as well yeah I was gonna say that COVID was uh you know a big reason a big of, of that are, are we over from that you think in terms of People being on the IL from the I assume so, right? Yeah, I, if anything, they'll be out maybe for a day or two, but 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 that's it. I mean, I don't hear MLB talking about testing or anything like that, and so I don't think it's going to be an issue this year at all. Yeah. Now, I, I, I've I've said on the show here that I think Shohei Otani has a lot more extra risk, uh, and that really goes to that fact that players are being injured at a higher rate. The you know most people on in, in baseball are on the IL at some point during the season. It's over fifty percent. Yes. So, you know, if he's on the mound and at bat, I know he's not in the field as a DH, but it's not doubly exposed, but he is more at risk. So just keep that in mind for a time. But then you then you can also say that every, only the players who are DHs are the ones who are only single risk. Because remember, other players play in the outfield also, play in the infield, and they can get hurt in the field also. So it goes both ways. Sure, sure. All right, let's, uh, let's go through some players. Let's start with hitters. Let's start with Jordan Alvarez. What is his issue, and uh, do you think that it's going to affect him this season? Well, he's got right hand, in, or he had right hand inflammation last year, June, July, September. He was on the IL in July with it. He played through it in September and October and was fine. This spring, it's now also affecting the other hand. So this may be a chronic thing because this has been going on already for nine months. Now, all they said is inflammation, so we don't know what for sure is going on. There's been no definite diagnosis given besides inflammation or swelling, which is, I guess, a good thing because if there is something else going on, he probably would have required surgery if there's a tear or anything like that. So when it comes to Jordan Alvarez, I think it's just trying to figure out how many at-bats he should have this year when compared to last year. 
Yeah, so um, Alvarez had some knee problems in the past. Looked like he was doing fine. Last year, he had 470 at-bats. This year, still projecting 512. It was down from what it was before. Uh, there is a little bit of a discount. Uh, he was going at about pick 10 earlier in the season in FBC drafts. It's now at 14. So you're not getting a lot of a discount, but, you know, just a couple bat discount over there. Um, you know, power is there. I'm not especially nervous. I think he's being priced a little bit too high in an auction setting, which is probably why I'm not going to have him in an auction. But I'd be okay with taking him in a draft right now. Uh, but he no hasn't issue. he hasn't gotten on the field yet for spring training. He hasn't played one game yet. He just started swinging. I mean, if, if do you want to draft someone in the first round who on March 13th hasn't started swinging yet and is still experiencing pain? Uh, you know, he is a risk, but I mean, the reward is so great that you know some people are willing to take it. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's shown the tendency to, you know, to battle some injuries in the past. Um, he's had over 470 at-bats in two consecutive seasons. Um, and, you know, it, to me it's just a question of do you, you know, discount the couple of at-bats or, you know, the the couple of games that you think he's going to be out. You might be getting a little bit of a discount. We've seen that before where players get hurt in the beginning of spring training and then they have a pretty viable season. Remember, in the, in the first-round player, you're looking for somebody who's going to, who's going to bank most of their expected stats or a very high percentage to me missing a couple of games still being at the high level is fine. Like I, I'm okay if he misses two weeks and banks the rest, um, you know, from that level, he's just such a high level. I have such a high percentage chance that he's going to really, really rake it. So I, I don't have an issue drafting him again in an auction. I think he's too expensive for the cost, but I don't have a problem with him being on my roster from a risk perspective. Yes, I, I, I do agree, and he is outfield eligible. If he was just DH eligible, then I'd have a little bit more concern with that, but otherwise, because he's outfield eligible, he's a guy I think you should really take if the price is right. How about Vladimir Guerrero Jr.? Um, he did not participate in the World Baseball Classic. What's going on with him, and any concerns? I have no concern, and you should buy on the discount right now. He had a knee injury. He had some, it was called knee right knee, or it was knee inflammation early in March, but he appears to be in full health right now. The new manager, John Schneider, said that Guerrero felt good after running the bases this past weekend. He, will, he was supposed to do so again today, and then they'll possibly get him into some spring training games again. So if you can get him at a discount right now, I'd grab it because there should be no discount for him because of injury. No, there is no discount. He's stayed at the ADP about 12, uh, no, no change. So uh, there's no buying situation there. I think everyone knows that it's just a minor issue. Yes. Uh, what about our friend Fernando Tatis? Um, and, you know, and maybe talk about what his chances are of reoccurrence because he's had several injuries that could possibly hinder him next year. And are you? how nervous are you at rostering him? And he's not going cheap. I mean, you know, you, you got to pay a second-round price, a high second-round price to get him. I'm not too nervous about him because he did have surgery on the torn labrum in his shoulder. Um, he did have a, a follow-up procedure on his left wrist in October, um, but he's already playing spring training games. Um, I don't see any issue there. He's ramping up, but, you know, he's not going to play until April 20th because of his suspension. So just, you know, I, I have no issue with him. He, I don't think there's much of an injury risk this year because he's had the surgeries. He's had the time to rest. He's ramping up like he should be. So I don't think there should be any issue except just take off those first month, you know, almost month of games and you should be fine. I'm really surprised to hear you say that because, you know, he's had the shoulder, the wrist, the hamstrings, the pass. I mean, it's just anything can recur and... The way he plays is so brash and risky and, 
you know, stuff out uh, off the field. Like I, I'm surprised to hear you say that, Ruvain. Uh, but he's also young. Younger players tend to recover quicker. He's also playing the outfield, which may be, be a little bit less strenuous on his body. He did make a sliding catch in the outfield I saw earlier in spring training already. So you know, he's not going to be in the same. Uh, a shortstop gets more wear and tear on the body than the outfielder, I think, just because of all the moving and everything like that. So I'm. I'm, I really don't have too much concern with Tatis, and I would take him, but I just think he's a little overvalued right now. Yeah, the price is high to get him because you do have to factor in the suspension. Um, okay, what about Starling Marte? Uh, groin issues. And I mean, he still stole a lot of bases last year, but will he uh, get back to the 30-plus stolen base level? And is he a bargain? He's only in the sixth round. ADP of 88. Uh, I have him on my TGFBI team. He felt like the 10th round. I'm like, oh, I got to take him in the 10th round. Uh, any yeah. concerns for him? Um, well, he had core muscle surgery, bilateral core muscle surgery in November. Um, for for the, both sides of his groin, he was making steady progress through his rehab. He should be ready for opening day. Um, he homered in his first spring training game. He looked perfectly fine. He was running the bases perfectly fine until he got hit in the head with a baseball with a pitch the other day. He's going through concussion protocol. He supposedly should play another game toward the end of this week. Um, I, he's not playing center field. He said he doesn't want to play center field anymore, which is a good thing. So he should be able to get you full value as a fantasy player, except I don't know how many stolen bases he will get. He may try to push it a little more, but he knows he's getting older. So he may be a little bit more on the cautious side because he doesn't want to break down because he is that important to that lineup. Yeah. I mean, what's the difference between him and Cedric Mullins? I mean, you know, he, he he's been typically going third round in drafts before this year, and now you're getting him, you know, many rounds later. I, to me, he's he he can easily go back to that level, and you know, even at the price that he's going, he's a bargain. I mean, uh, do you see it that way? Uh, yeah, where he's going right now, he's almost a part of the pun, but he's a steal. Um, I, I think I think Cedric Mullins is very is a young version of Starling Marte, and I think that Mullins could even exceed uh, you know match his value where he's going. But Marte has a more proven track record. He's shown more power recently, and they did bring in those they bring in they brought in the the, uh, the wall a little bit at City Field, so he may see some more power out of him. Yeah, Mullins doesn't have the batting average capabilities of Marte. Um, you know, that's the thing. And uh, Also, better lineup. Marte's in a better lineup. Better lineup, yeah. I don't know if he's going to bat at the top. He might bat later, but that'll just mean more RBIs. But yeah. All right. Uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, what about uh, Carlos Correa? What's his story? Carlos Correa is healthy. He's he. The whole problem with his contract was that he fractured his right fibula in 2014, and when the doctor saw it, well, sorry, when the doctor saw it, um, they were very concerned that it may become arthritic over time. And that's the whole issue, and that's why they didn't want to give him a long-term contract. This year, he should be fine. He in, This injury may pop up. He dealt with a little bit of ankle soreness at the end of last year. Um, and listen, he's also been on the aisle every year except for 2020 for the last couple of years, and not for his ankle. So he has had a history of having injuries. The only place I'd be concerned of Carlos Correa is if you're in a dynasty league for the same reasons why the Mets and the Giants didn't sign him. Yeah, he's not actually a superstar in fantasy baseball. Um, I, I have him ranked, I'm going to tell you, I don't think it's anywhere near the top. I have him ranked as the... Uh, 16th best shortstop in fantasy. Like he's not a not a mega superstar, but he's actually still going undervalued for his price. Uh, I got him in TGFBI. Uh, solid numbers, pretty high floor. 
Uh, he's just not a superstar, um, you know. But he's not being priced that way, so I, no, I don't yeah, have... he's he's great where you can get him, and he's solid. He's not going to be great. You can expect us to miss a handful of games during the course of the year, but I think what he's comfortable where he is. He knows where he's going to be now, so there's no reason to go after him. There's no injury concern for him. All right, let's spend a little time talking about Bryce Harper as he's going to be out for uh, roughly half the year. Well, why don't you update us on what's going on with him and when you can expect him back and when you can expect him productively back. Sure. Bryce Harper, he had Tommy John surgery and ulnar nerve transposition surgery November 2022. It was that late because, remember, the Phillies had a long playoff run, and he played through it, played through the elbow injury just like Otani did a couple of years ago, and he was very he hit pretty decently with that bad elbow. Um, Harper said this past week that he has no idea whether he'll be playing right field at all this season. So that's something to consider because right now he's only DH eligible in, in a lot of leagues. So if you if you're going to draft him, make sure you have a DH available for him because if you, if you have a player like Otani, you I don't know how you can roster someone like Bryce Harper also just because there's just no room on your roster. You, you can only end up playing one or the other unless you want to play Otani as a pitcher. Um, but Bryce Harper did hit off a tee for the first time. And uh, this week, um, but we and we do expect him back late June, uh, or I expect him back late June or around the All Star break, and we'll see how that works out. So I have him down for two hundred and seventy seven at bats, and that computes. And Bryce Harper obviously is is a top player. Um, I have him down for sixteen homers, eight steals, two eighty average. Obviously, it's a nifty pace for a really talented player. But that only computes to about a $5 player. Obviously, you get to add in replacement value, uh, so that gives you more. Uh, but let's just talk about how to utilize him in terms of drafting him or not. Now, if you have a league that has an IL, he's worth more than that $5. Because obviously, you draft him, you pick, uh, you put him on the IL, you pick up you know, some $1 player who, you know, maybe you get somebody who's better than that. They add in another couple dollars, and it's already, a, you know, could be a $9 player. So if you're paying $5, no problem. $9 probably okay. Uh, but if you're in a league that doesn't have an IL, like the NFBC, or a very small IL, you know, like maybe an ESPN league where there's only three bench slots, uh, I don't know. I think it's kind of hard to uh, kind of hard to hold him. Uh, you're wasting a spot all year. Probably will get back to production, but it's half a year with no bench, and you know you could get unlucky and get a roster crunch early. Um, and then, of course, there's always the possibility that something goes wrong and he doesn't play. Now, it's not a pitcher; it's it's a hitter, so we're a little bit more confident he'll come back. But still, it's it's always a risk. And as you said, he may not even get the outfield eligibility at the end. Um, you know, what, what's your comfort level? It, taking it's it's him? also it's also about roster construction when it comes to him. If you have a lot of injury risk on your team, then you probably don't want to take him either because that's just adding upon that i mean yes you can say okay he's going to come back in june july but didn't we say the same thing about um fernando tatis's past year that he was going to come back he was going to come back he was going to come back and what happened he ended up never coming back so i i'm staying away from bryce harper this year um if you're in keeper leagues and uh, you know now's the time to get him cheap if, you, if you're in a trading keeper league or di- or dynasty league. I, I now would be a time to trade for him because his value is the lowest, and you could probably get get him for on, you know for a song. Yeah, I'll also add that if you have a league that has playoffs at the end, then he's more valuable, right? Yes, Because uh, the the injury risk is front loaded. Is that you're you know it's all at the beginning, so that you know hopefully by the playoffs he'll be okay. It's also more risky at the beginning, like you know you have players that are oft injured prone. Like Byron Buxton is healthy now. When will he get injured? I don't know, but he's injured now. I think I'd rather take in terms of the risk, the risk that that you know 
the, the risk of it being later than now, right? But but I mean, you're saying if you're in a playoff league, you got to get into those playoffs first. And if you have him on the roster and he's burning a spot, you may not make those playoffs. True, but then you can also trade him to a team if it's a trading league also, to trade him to a team that, that's com- competitive. You know, there's always True. things to do. You should just be aware of the value of him, where his value lies. Do you have an update on Byron Buxton, by the way? Byron Buxton, there's he's healthy. There's there's no issues with him right now. They're going to manage him. They're going to load manage him, which is why the Twins did get another center fielder. They got Michael Taylor, so they're going to load manage him like they were trying. Like he did pretty successfully last year. I mean, he had some flare ups, but where he's going right now is I think is perfectly fine. I think it 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 bakes in the risk with him because he does even when he plays outfield, he does tend to run into walls a lot, and 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 go the extra mile to try to get the you know you know make the play in the, in the outfield. So I wouldn't. I probably would see him more DHing a lot more, just because I think the Twins want to keep him healthy. I'll, uh, uh, Giancarlo Stanton for the Yankees. Yes, the Yankees played him in the outfield, but they also want to keep his bat in the lineup because he's so valuable. Yeah, I have him projected for 450 at bats. By the way, do you know what year he last had more than 450 at bats? And no, by the way, in 2020 he didn't even have the pace of 450 at bats. When's the last time he had it? Did he ever have it? If 2017, he had 460 wow. at bats. So you know that you know, we're talking about guys who are always injured, and you never know with him. Uh, I don't know if I personally would buy to a 450 dot 450 at bat level. I also am concerned about his batting average. I mean, he batted 224 last year. He had a 30% strikeout rate. Uh, that's not looking good. He did walk last year. He walked almost nine percent, which was uh, something for him. Uh, and uh, even though ATC is projecting 11 steals, I think that's high. Um, I think I see him as le- uh, stealing less and less. I see him more of a uh, more as a home run hitter, really. And the way I've shaped up his profile, he's less interesting. He's less unique. So I don't really see a need to take on that injury risk. I'm better off getting like a Nick Castellanos, to be honest, uh, for roughly the same price. Who I think is gonna maybe even get better. So I'm not that into Byron Buxton this year. Although if you are. Uh, it's not the worst thing in the world, especially if his price dips. Well, I, I did take him last year in a, in a couple of leagues, so I was on the Buxton bandwagon last year. But sometimes when you get burned with a, with a player a couple of years in a row, you don't want him on your roster anymore, and he's one of those guys for me. Let's talk about another injury-prone guy, Adalberto Mondesi. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> What's boy. your take on him? Oh, boy. What, what, what? I mean, what do you do with him? Do you, do you Same thing. With, um, you, what do you do with him? He's injured every single year. But... He hit outside. He fielded grounders this past week. Alex Cora, the manager, said called it another good day recently for the for him for his rehab. He did have ACL surgery May of last year. Usually, recovery time is about a year. He could come back at a year's time exactly. He could come back May. He could come back June. He could come back July. But remember, Acuna, Ronald Acuna, had the same issue. You saw him in the very beginning of the year have a lot of stolen bases, and then he started. Then he mentioned that his knee started bothering him. So yeah, I think you could see the same t- type of trajectory from Mondesi. You may see when he comes back, he tried to push it too much and then have a setback. So he's another guy. I'm just I'm not I'm done drafting. I don't think I have the stomach to take him anymore. Yeah. Where where does he bat when he comes back? Does he bat last? Um, well, that Red Sox lineup is not that great, so they may want to put him up higher just because they did trade for him. Um, yeah, I, I, but I, that's the only a... thing I could think of, but I mean, I I, I have no idea what they're going to do with him because I don't think they know what they're going to do with him yet. Such a crappy OBP. I mean, just 
you know, he had a 37% strikeout rate last year. Just, ugh. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a flyer. You know, I, I think I'd rather spend my uh, $3 or whatever at the end on somebody else uh, and take care of stolen bases before you get to Mondesi. Uh, I would not count on it. Again, it's it's not just Mondesi. It's, it's, if you're counting on him for steals, it's a major portfolio risk. For, for for your team, like it, yeah, it's, it's it's similar to the Billy Hamilton conundrum. Do you want to draft him in the at, toward the end of your draft and just have a one category player possibly? I mean, Mondesi has shown power in the past, but I mean, do you want that? Is your you, you have to make sure your roster is constructed properly that you can handle it if he doesn't succeed? Would you rather have John Birdie, who by the way, Mondesi is projecting at a higher value than Birdie. Birdie's projecting at just below replacement level in a fifteen teamer, and Mondesi is projected as a three dollar player. Right. I, I, I think I, I like Birdie better. He will get his playing time. He um, on the on the Marlins, he will see that um he, and he's healthy. I, I want the healthy speedster now. I don't want the healthy speedster two months from now because we don't know where you're gonna get two months from now. Let's talk about somebody else who can also contribute stolen bases, Harrison Bader for the Yankees. Uh, I like him when he plays, but he's already starting out with an injury. What's his story? Yeah, he's got a left oblique strain. Again, that's muscle strain. Um, and he's expected to be out for at least six weeks. When they say six weeks for a, an oblique strain, that usually means it's moderate. A mild oblique strain is usually four weeks. Moderate is usually six to eight weeks in some cases. Um, I, he was sent for more testing. He was sent for testing, and that's what it came out. And he's also, he always seems to be bit by the injury bug. Um, when he's on the field, he, he will play center field. He he will be get those stolen bases for you. But, I mean, when you compare them to other outfielders who also have oblique strains, you have Seiya Suzuki, who's also got a moderate oblique strain. You have Mitch Hanniger with a grade one oblique strain. This is just in spring training. All these guys... I mean, Hanniger said he'll be ready for opening day. Say Suzuki may come mid to late April, and Bader also probably mid to late April, if not later than that. Do these oblique injuries, do they last longer than just the, the timetable that they, they're given? And does, does it affect them for like the next month after? Um, yes and no. It depends on how they let the injury heal and what happens right after because – when they, when they initially get the injury, the way to heal this is rest. And if they keep, if they push themselves too quickly, too fast, they, it will just keep flaring up and they'll continue to have setbacks. And then when they come back, they may alter their swing a little bit or, or alter the way they play a little bit just because they're concerned about re-injuring themselves. So, you know, these oblique injuries, I mean, pitchers are worse. Pitchers, it's a whole wind-up and everything. But when it comes to these oblique injuries, it's... It's 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 really a crapshoot. Six weeks, and then are you going to get the same um, production after that? Uh, yes and no. Yes and no. <laughs> yes, yes and no. It depends on the player. It depends what they do. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, it, it does it affect? Uh, I mean, it, it it's got to affect um, p- pitchers more than hitters, obviously, right? Yes, yes. The pitchers right. usually are at almost eight weeks when it comes. And to does it, it affect yeah. stolen bases? Yes, because especially if they usually dive head first. I mean, there are, it's if it's an oblique, it's it's an, it's 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 an abdominal muscle near the shoulder. It's it's an injury that can actually be made worse by the way they slide. They may change the way they slide. Instead of sliding head first, you slide feet first. So, like Mitch Hanniger, um, you know, he seems like a nice little bargain. I I, I always like uh, like picking him. You know, big thirty-five homer threat possibly. Yeah. You know, he had 39 homers two years ago. Uh, crazy. Uh, and he's a little older. He's 32 years old. 
I mean, is this a you know is this going to shut him for 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 Zappa's power for April and half of May? Um, I don't think so. I I think it, he said it's not as bad as they thought it would be, and he, he's a guy who knows how to get back from injury because he's been doing it for the last couple of years. Yeah. So I, I think he will know when he's ready, and I, because he's older, I think he's going to push himself only when he's ready. And I don't think he's going to zap his power immediately in May for like the first couple, like week or two, three weeks, four weeks. But then once you get to the dog days of summer, I think he'll be fine. Yeah, he had 620 at bats in 2021. Crazy. That was after yes. uh, that 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 big groin injury. Yeah. Um, let's talk about uh, Jordan Walker. What is his status? This is the guy who's just is lighting up spring training, crushing homers, looking like the next coming of uh, of uh, Julio, I guess even. Uh, but uh, yeah, well, what's your take on him? Jordan Walker actually strained his right shoulder when he slid head first. There we go, slid head first into second base. Um, they considered him immediately day to day, but because again he's young, he's a guy who can bounce back a little bit quicker than other players can. Um, I'm not overly concerned with this injury. I think he'll be perfectly fine. Um, again, he I don't his his hype is off the charts right now because he's really hitting really really well in spring. Um, I don't. I like him, but I don't like where he's going right now. I don't think he's worth it for me, value-wise, because you're not going to get a good value there. So you know, I I respect I respect all the other podcasts that people listen to, and you know where they talk. Oh, Jordan Walker, you got to look out for him. Look what he's doing. He's a guy who could really have upside. Blah blah blah. And I respect everybody who highlights Jordan Walker. I can't for the life of me see a reason really why to buy him. Uh, his ADP has shot up just in the last two weeks from about 200 all the way up to 131. It's not done yet, uh, assuming he gets back on the field, right? Uh, it'll go down quickly if he doesn't. Um, I, I don't. I just don't understand the buy. So, like, ATC is pricing him at 425 at-bats. Like, to me, that's like a nice nice chunk for a rookie who may not even make the opening day roster, but to come up 475 at-bats, 425 at-bats, Okay, I have Matt about 10 homers, 10 steals, $5 valuation. The largest projection that I see really is roughly around 15 homers, 15 steals, and that computes to about a $15 valuation. And an ADP of 130, uh, it's about a $13 valuation, 15-team league, and that's just going to go up. So you're basically buying him at par value for, for what his absolute upside is projected. Now, can he go off? Can he go 2020? Sure, there's a percentage chance, but you know most of these prospects don't do that in the first year. Only the super super elite ones do. And and even if you do get it, what are you earning? Twenty dollars? You're earning just a middle minimum profit. This could be a complete waste of fifteen dollars uh, totally. I just don't see why why these guys who have a lot of risk, these prospects are so hyped up, and just people buy them because they're very flashy. They obviously have the upside. But I don't know. I'd rather have a tried and true guy to gain most of my value back and a, and a guaranteed little profit, or a guaranteed a safer profit. Uh, I just don't see the 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 risk reward here for prospects. Prospects generally bust. I mean, for every one of the Julio Rodriguez, there's all the Joe Adels that just never make it. Um, I don't know. Do, do you see why? Why do you see the cost? I, I don't really get it. I, I, I don't really get it either. He's never played a game above double A. And the reason why he's getting all this playing time is because his normal position is third base. Yes, he's played a little bit in the outfield, but his primary position is third base. Do you know why he's playing third base right now? 
because yeah, Nolan Arenado is in the, the World Baseball Classic. So he's that's where he's playing. They had him play in the outfield a little bit. He played 25 games in the out in right field last year. He played four in center, two in left, and, and in Double A, not in Major League, in Double A, not even Triple A. So I, I don't know where all this helium is coming from. Um, he's a guy that if if he comes up, I'll say let someone else take him. Let someone else take that risk because there's a good chance he, like you said, he may not even make the roster. I mean, look, I, I saw him in person in the Arizona Fall League, and I remember it was the, the Fall Stars game, and in the very last pitch of the game to him, he just, just barely swung and just almost hit a, a, a homer to right field. The guy has power. The guy is good. I mean, there's no question about it. But, you know, back 10 years ago, 15 years ago, when you played fantasy baseball, he would be one of these sleeper types, and you'd get him on your roster for a dollar or $2. You'd get him really at the very end. Oh, sleeper. The guy's not a sleeper if he's going for a minimum of $15 in your league. I mean, what are you trying to earn? You're just giving up all your value right away. Like, you, I'd, I'd rather take a $2 chance on, on a returning Brandon Belt or something like that that can earn $10, you know, and then you're getting an $8 profit. This is like a guaranteed loss. I just, he's, I just don't he's get it. He's overexposed. What it is, it's overexposure because back then when we got those sleepers for a dollar, no one knew about it because no one saw them. And now because everything's on TV, you can see all the highlights and everything, he's being overexposed. He, by the way, he did play this past Saturday, so he is already back on the field. So I'm, injuries, I'm not, I'm not concerned about it. But I, where he's going, I just, where, where are you going to put him in your lineup? You're going to put him on your, if he starts, you're going to put him in your outfield, and you're, where are you getting him in the outfield? For the same spot, you can get a, a, a player with more, you know, who some, who someone you will get something out of for sure, instead of some a risk that you're taking so early in your draft. Yeah, it's too early. By the way, I hope you guys are enjoying this show with me and Ruvain. This literally is how we sound on the phone when we just talk to each other. You know, we're just back and forth talking here. Uh, we usually have a guest on, which is which is great, and we love having guests. We have guests most of the time to to always, you know, get their point of view. But I uh, hope you're enjoying this uh, banter back and forth here. All right, uh, moving on, last couple of hitters. Uh, how about Mike Trout? Any concerns with Mike Trout for, for finishing the year? He's, Pretty good, right? Nope. He, he he looks good in in the World Baseball Classic. He looks like he's good to go. Um, just don't expect any stolen bases from him. Yeah, the only reason I'm I'm dinging him, the only reason I, he's not a complete first rounder for me is uh, the steals could be literally two. I, I I don't expect anything. ATC's projecting four. There's no projection system that's really projecting him over five. Uh, it's just a guaranteed, you know, guaranteed just token. Uh, and you know, for that reason, you know, it's not that you can't pick him in the first round i think it's a fine pick uh just that his value isn't as high as like a jose ramirez because of and that. did you see he stole a base in the world baseball classic <laughs> yes i did yes i did which he did that probably his his adp went up like oh look he still steals bases <laughs> no 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 that was an aberration yeah i mean this is one of the greatest guys in baseball and he had 438 at bats last year um you know he, he he's gonna I expect them to miss a little time, but I don't expect this to be a chronic thing like he's out for the year. So uh, um, Mike Trout is a solid pick, a very good pick for this year. Uh, Joey Votto, um, I mean, is what, what's his story? And uh, is there any value in picking Votto at all this year? I don't think so. Um, he just recently started playing again. Um, he's he's played some spring games. coming off his shoulder surgery. He had a labrum issue. Um, there's really no val or minimal value in him. If you want to get him on the waiver wire later on, there's no definitely in a, in a NFBC style league. In your uh, for a regular NFBC, there's really no reason to have him on your roster unless there are injuries. He will play. I don't know how many at bats he's going to get. He is. Thirty-nine, forty in that range. I do you want that type of first baseman. I mean, 
if if you were able to roster Miguel Cabrera the last couple of years and you think that it was okay, then Joey Votto is probably about two rungs below that. So it, that I think that's I think that's that's the way you should look at it. Good TikTok videos though. I like that. Oh, very good. <laughs> very good. Uh last last hitter, uh Royce Lewis. Royce Lewis had ACL repair June of last year. He's on the 60-day IL. The soonest he can come back is maybe late June. Again, same thing like with Eduardo Mondesi. It's the ACL. Usually takes about a year, a, f- a full year to fully recover. And especially a guy who did use his legs in the minors, this is something to watch. I don't know if they're going to push him so quickly, but you, you never know with the Twins, especially if they're in a race and they need a little jump start, so to speak. Royce Lewis may be the guy, but he's going to be late June, July, that time time period. All right, let's move on to pitchers who are often very trickier. We've had a lot of questions coming in uh, from our audience mailbag, most of them for pitchers, actually. And, you know, the first one, it, he'd be great to, to, to just throw out there for, for like a live podcast because, uh, you know, I would ask, all right, as soon as you heard about Carlos Rodon, how many of you said, I'm out? Like, uh, <laughs> um, you know, whenever you have these injuries – you know, it, there's always the, uh, is, is this it for the year? Is this Tommy John? Is this it? Or is this a three-month forearm strain? Or, I mean, what percentage of the time is it like nothing? Um, it's, again, it's a case-by-case basis. Now, he's had Tommy John already. He had Tommy John in 2019. He's dealt with shoulder issues in 2020 and in 2021. Last year, he was healthy. Um, for him, he said he pitched through this type of strain last year. Okay, that's great, but now he's having it before the season even starts, which alarm bells go off. Is he going to hit the projections of how many innings he's supposed to pitch now? I don't think so. I I think it's going to be less. I think you'll still get the Carlos Rodon, but you'll probably get him mid to late April to start because, remember, he has to now ramp up. He's he's in a no-throw mode right now for the next couple of days still, and he's going to be out probably all of April, so... You know, bake that into your projections. Is he still a first? Uh, is he still a second round or third round pitcher? Probably not anymore. Yeah, I find that most projections do lag in taking project per playing time down. I mean, I, I have here, you know, for most of the Fangraphs uh, projections show him at 160 innings. Um, now, I I don't go go on ATC and say, you know what, I, I I'm Ariel and I I just think it's gonna be 100 and just throw 100. Like I don't do that. I have a mathematical process that I employ if I have any influence. Um, and if most projections are really not taking him all that much down yet, you know, there's a range, there's some percentage up or down that I have my own discretion that I can, you know, I can do on top of it, which counts as some kind of weight. Uh, long story short, I, I took him down. It came to about 20 innings. I have now pit at about 140 innings. I won't take him down more than that in the projection, but, uh, if I'm, if I'm betting, if I'm gonna, gonna be drafting, I don't know that I want to draft into 140 innings. It's a lot of risk for a top pitcher. And by the way, he is genuinely skilled. I mean, he, even with the injury, he comes up as a, 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 one of the top pitchers. I'll tell you what even number. He comes up as, um, look at this, number pitcher number 12. I mean, that's that's pretty darn good for a guy who's missing a month already. Um, are, are you scared to, to take Radon? Like, what's what's your general intuition? He's going right now at a – still in like the third round-ish – well, I, I wasn't a big fan of him earlier, even before the draft season started, and this just lowered it even more. I mean, if you're taking him, he's going to be probably your ace. And you're taking an ace with already a forearm issue in March. I, how could he, you know, it, that's like drafting, I guess, Jacob DeGrom. I mean, it, it, it's very similar. I mean, you're going to get the innings. You don't know how many innings you're going to get. Those innings are going to be very valuable to you. 
Um, I think Rodon will have more wins than Jacob DeGrom just because he plays on a better team and probably get more innings in general because he'll get more than DeGrom will. But, I mean, if you're drafting him as your ace, who's going to be your number two? got to get a, a number two that's a little bit more stable. You know, it, it's, a, it's a matter of roster construction again. Uh, hold on a second. How is he the same as Jacob DeGrom? Because, to me, Jacob DeGrom is a guy who's healthy now, and it's a question of when will it crack. Uh, as opposed to Radon, I don't even know if he's going to be healthy. I don't know when he's going to be healthy. Just because they say end of April doesn't mean end of April. Um, I think there's more uncertainty in the duration now. De- DeGrom is just, will he last all year? I, I'm actually more worried about the injury risk of Radon than DeGrom. As ridiculous as that might sound, I really am. I'm more worried about DeGrom because he's about four years older. He throws about three or four miles faster than Rodon, and that's not that's not human is not supposed to do that. It's not supposed to be physically possible to do that for that long period of time. So I think both these pitchers will break down at some point, and Rodon has already broken down. I I think there's more risk still with with Degrom because it's March 13th and he didn't even get on a mound yet. He is supposed to pitch. Oh, he though. did. He, he did. He he's who's supposed to pitch. I think it was today. In yeah, the he, back did. he did. In the backgrounds, yes. In the in the back in the back uh, fields, he actually pitched, um, and they had a whole bunch of people watching him. And I think most of them were doctors, just making sure he was healthy. <laughs> um, but you know, he's a guy that uh, we've we spoke about him so much uh, on this podcast. Uh, he, we've seen him in New York. We see how he. You know how he breaks down, how quickly he does. But when he's on the mound, he is uh, he is ungodly. He, he he the the stadium it goes crazy when he's on the mound. He is like a phenomenon. It's like I don't know if you remember Hideo Nomo when I, I went to a couple games when Hideo Nomo was really big and the, the stadium was just it, it didn't matter if you're away home the stadium was packed because he was worth the price of admission. That's what Jacob Degrom is. Carlos Rodon is not that guy, but again he had shoulder issues. Two years in the last, two out of the last four years, he had Tom John surgery in 2019. He's had just as much injury issues over the last couple of years as Degrom has. Yeah, I'm I'm more concerned about Radon than Degrom because um, again, it's the it's the theory of he's currently healthy versus he's currently not healthy. And uh, you know, I'm not the medical expert, but I don't know for some reason that that puts more risk in my my eye. So um, so in this, let's say you're in the third or fourth round and you want a starting pitcher, Rodon's available and DeGrom's available. You're going to take DeGrom? No, I think I'm not taking either, but if it was an either or, I think I would, yes. Um, okay. let, let's, talk, I mean, let's talk about DeGrom. Uh, I, mean, I guess we, we've talked about him, but, um, I mean, is, is there any medical reason that he should be injured, Just uh, only that he throws very hard? Is that, you know? Yeah, that, that's it. He, he throws very hard, he, and someone should not be able to throw that hard for that many times. Uh, it's it just it's just not humanly possible. I, when I, I was at a, game, a couple of his games, every single one of his pitches were either 98 or above. He was electric. It's great, but it's I think he has to learn how to dial it down a little bit. I mean, he had a side injury coming into spring training, which probably means oblique, which well, may have been just soreness or something like that. I mean, him and both um, Nate Eovaldi for the, for, for the Rangers, they both had side issues coming in, and they both were supposed to throw this coming week, and... and their, you know, their concerns, small concerns here and there, but they're also getting up in age. Rodon is a little bit younger, and I, and I'm, you know, I'm using that because younger players do tend to get heel quicker than older players. Nadia Valdi, um, he seems to be going for a little bargain, like a nicely skilled pitcher, and you know, any any pitcher that's going down, uh, you know, down in the mid low rounds, 
they're there because of war. So either we're not sure how good they are, either they're, we don't know how many innings they are, or in the case of Yavaldi, it's high skills, just that, you know, it's iffy on the health always. Uh, I tend to like those guys because sometimes you can run into more playing time than you think, and the high skills pay out. And if you, you know, even if they don't play, then you, you know, you get a replacement after them. That's why Kershaw is always worth more than the skills, especially for those uh, leagues that have IL. Any issues with Nate, Nate Valdi? Is, is he going to be ready for the year? Um, yes, they're just saying it's he had side issues, just like uh, DeGrom did. That's why I'm lumping those two guys together. Um, but the shutdown for him, for Ivaldi, appears to be more cautionary than concern. That's what the Rangers are saying. They're saying it could be just from general soreness from ramping up. So I'm not more. I'm not overly concerned with Ivaldi. So uh, he's where he's going right now. He's a, he's a good bargain, and I'll take him. Let's talk Tyler Glass now. Um, came back from Tommy John surgery for a little bit last year. Looked good. Uh, high hopes for him, very high-skilled pitcher. Um, you know, it was a risk to take him at where he went, but now all of a sudden, injury again. Uh, what's his story? How much can we expect of him? And, I mean, is he going to come back when the doctors say he's going to come back? I always feel like they're always off by a couple of weeks. Yeah, especially when it comes to a pitcher, they usually are, and they're saying right now six to eight weeks for a grade two left oblique strain for Glass now. They say six to eight because, exactly like you said, they don't know when he's going to come back. But usually a grade two uh, oblique strain for a pitcher is usually somewhere between that range of six to eight weeks. But this is the beginning of the year. He hasn't ramped up yet. He hasn't started pitching yet. He pitched a couple of games and then and then this happened a couple of games in the spring. So, you know, he hasn't ramped up. They have to ramp him up first. So even if he does come back and they want to ramp him up in the majors, he's only going to pitch a couple innings, three, three innings, four innings. You're not going to get the full value from him probably until end of May, maybe end of May, beginning of June. Um, and where he's going right now, I don't think he's worth it. No, I, I, I would not take a risk on him. Uh, his price has fallen, but I'm, I'm, I think but I'm still, out. If he's not coming back until around June. It's you know you have to consider that. And you know he doesn't. He isn't a good team. He does. He's he's high value innings again, just like Degrom. He has he has that up. He has that great upside. But the fact that he already has this oblique strain. You know, is he going to compromise his delivery now? I mean, he is coming out from Tommy John. It's a whole big issue. He's He hasn't been himself yet, and we have not seen himself the way he should be. Yeah. You know, there's always a question of also when the pitchers come back, are they going to come back and throw more than five innings a start? Because if they're not going to throw more than five innings a start, like let's say they've come back, they bring them back. All right, first start, here's three innings. Next start is four innings. Next start is four innings, five innings. Like, even though they come back at a certain time, it could be a whole other month till they actually pitch after five innings or later. And then we're talking about an extra month of not winning games, right? Like, it, it's not just coming back. It's coming back and lasting innings for these pitchers. And especially Glasnow on the Rays, you think the Rays are going to let him go six? No way. So I, I'm totally not buying glass now because the wins numbers just got to be low. I can't imagine this guy's going to win more than a handful of games this year. Well, right now, what does, what does ATC have for the innings for glass now, even after the injury? I think it's like 110, 115, something like that. So I mean, uh, ATC has, yeah, 108 innings, seven wins. Um, whether I buy the innings or not, which I probably, well, you know, you tell me on the innings, the seven wins I don't. I just don't buy that. No, because he's not going to stay in the game long enough to get those wins, I think, in the very beginning. The 100 innings, yeah, I, I guess 108 innings. I mean, if he's, if you're out to late May, you're missing, you know, 
two months of the season already. What? How many innings are you going to project? Plus, he is still coming back from Tommy John. They, I'm sure they would have an innings limit on him anyway. So, you know, it, not a hundred and not a hundred and eight. Like they're, 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 there's no concern with the Tommy John now in terms of innings cap. But because he has this new injury now, I think they they will be concerned and and a little bit more cautious with him because they don't want him to have any setbacks, and that's yeah. that's the key word setbacks. It's the per start innings I'm worried about, and it's any raised pitcher I'm I'm, I'm worried about, but uh, especially him. You know, uh, yeah. oh he's back in the May. Well, but is he back to being able to win a game? That could be June. Yeah. That's uh, so that's my concern. Uh, Joe Musgrove. Here's somebody who, interestingly, um, it, the innings went down a little bit because of, of the, the toe injury, uh, which you'll tell us about. ADP slipped about a round. Didn't go down all that much. Uh, before you even tell me the story, I kind of think that Joe Musgrove, um, the market did just the right thing. Like, he's 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 worth probably about three fewer less starts maybe he starts the season you know first two weeks or whatever on the IL till he ramps up and then uh you know you know you're just using you're basically losing a round of value and I think the market is doing a great job in pricing it if you thought it was a bargain before I think you still think it's a bargain and and vice versa you know everyone always talks oh well Musgrove's out so you gotta take him down but actually the market's already doing that so you know it, it's it's always whether you think the market is more wrong than you or not and in this case I think it's just it's indifferent. So you know what what it was before is is a bargain before, and if it wasn't, it wasn't. Uh, what was the status? He is a buy, 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 buy. He broke his big left toe at the end of February. He already threw a bullpen session last week. He's targeting his debut in against Atlanta. He already said this against Atlanta, April sixth. So you know how many starts that he that is he's going to miss? None. None. Just back of the rotation, yeah. Yes, back of the rotation. So he actually used a, a hypobaric chamber to try to get a little bit quicker. Usually, at first he said he's going to miss one or two weeks because they tried to shut him down, but he's ready throwing. The question is whether or not he's going to have any setbacks. Now, he is. it's his left big toe. It's his landing toe. It's not his push-off. I mean, his landing foot, not his push-off foot, which makes the comeback a little bit quicker. Um, he can have you know more protection on that toe when he, when he pitches. Um, he is a buy. I mean, whatever discount you're getting now, take it and run. Yeah, the the I I actually would buy the over on the ATC projections of 150 innings. Uh, looks like the you know the projections took it down a little bit. Obviously, two three starts, but I, I would buy the over. And and by the way, Musgrove's problem in the past has been burnout in the last half of the season. Maybe maybe this helps him uh, uh, down the stretch, and he can keep his ratios better longer. I don't know. I'm just. Throwing that out there, uh, I, I, overall, I don't think he's affected that much. This is not a pitching injury. It's not an arm, leg. Uh, sorry, it's not a leg. It's a foot. It's it's not an oblique. It's not a shoulder, elbow. Uh, so I, I don't know if you're not concerned. I'm not concerned. And uh, I, I was buying him at par value before. I'll, I'll continue to buy him now. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Uh, what about Tony Gonsolin? What's he dealing with? Gonsolin is dealing with an ankle injury. He actually avoided a fracture when he injured his left ankle during fielding drills, but the sprain he suffered seems to have been a fairly significant one. He's still being shut down for a couple more days, and then he has to be built back up. Um, the manager, Dave Roberts, for the Dodgers, wouldn't get, offer a timetable for his return. With that being said, he may miss the first couple of weeks of the season because he hasn't even ramped up yet. Yeah. He he's been going at a nice decent bargain. Uh, he's a very risky though. Proje ATC interest is is very very high. Projections are 
all over the place with his value. Um, I mean, projections have him sub three all the way to like four and a half ERA. Uh, all over the place. All the Dodgers pitchers are like that also. Uh, Julio Urias gets, gets dinged as well. Um, anybody pitching pitching there, uh, there's always projections differ. Um, but, you know, before the injury, I would have said he was a small bargain. Uh, you know, uh, now it's... I don't, He's got to drop some more for it to be a good bargain to buy. Yeah. Yeah, now I'd probably shy away. Although I, I'm not out on him, but I'd probably shy away because you're not getting the bargain. Right, right. Uh, what about new Mets phenom Kodai Senga with his ghost forkball? With his ghost forkball with a different ball. That's why he has tendonitis in his right index finger. He's considered day-to-day. Um, he, he, he attributes the injury due to the fact that it was a different baseball from where he pitched to now in the majors. There's less tack on the ball here as opposed to where he pitched before, and I think that's what caused the injury. He said if he needed to, he could have pitched this week. He really could have, but the Mets are being cautious with him. I don't think he's going to miss any time, and believe me, with the injuries on the Mets staff, he already he needs to be there for them. I don't understand why, like, it's a surprise. Like, like the first week it comes over, oh, look, the ball is different. Oh, look, the mound is different. Like, wouldn't they do research on it before signing? Like, wouldn't he, as soon as he signed, pick up a ball to see that it's a new, different ball? Like, what's, yes, what's going on? But, but, I mean, he, he just, I guess he just took it for granted. And it, it's it's a repetition. He may have done it a couple of times. When he started doing more repetition in spring training, that's when he started to feel it, and that's when he started having the problem. Uh, Kenley Jansen was uh, we, we were talking with Eno the other uh, the other show and they're like oh yeah he just he just figured out that that he needs to work on his pitch clock it just figured out <laughs> the rule changes have been out for a while you're listed as the number one of most offender it didn't dawn on you to, to to check it out I I I don't get that maybe he is and we don't know about it but it just sounds funny to me I don't know. Yeah, it, it does It does sound a little weird, especially because he did sign this pretty big contract with the Mets. You don't think the Mets would have said, you know, start practicing with a baseball, an American baseball sooner rather than later? All right, what about Lance McCullers Jr., who uh, looks like he did this kind of trick last year. Came back last year at the end and looked really fabulous, but, you know, you, you paid for a lot more innings out of him. I, I don't know. These guys, to me, are repeat offenders, and... I just I just don't buy these guys, but uh, what, what's your take on when he's coming back and if we should buy him? Well, Lance McCullers is, in my opinion, the Adderall Mondesi of pitchers. He said Wednesday that he won't be ready to pitch at the start of the season because he had an MRI done and it showed a small muscle strain. Now, you tell me what that means. I don't know, what, I don't know exactly what a quote-unquote small muscle strain is, but that's not a good thing, and I think he's going to be out for at least a month, and he just resumed playing catch recently. Um, maybe you get him around May, um, but he's just had very bad luck with injuries. He's, just, he, he's, he's a quality pitcher, but, I mean, he's just got to stay on the field. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't have the really uh, – he's not such a big bargain, and you're not really getting a ridiculous discount to roster him for me not to be interested. Um, I mean, uh, he, look, he's going late enough in drafts. He's going – oh, actually, he flipped. He's now going at 293. All right. I mean, sure. I guess if he – you know, he, I have him projected for 100 innings, but I don't know. Even at 100 innings, he's only worth like $2. I don't would know. you would you rather have a hundred innings from Lance McCullers or a hundred and thirty innings, let's say, from like an Alex Cobb or or an Alex Wood, who also their injury risk, quote unquote risks, but their you know their their projections like hundred and thirty innings, something like that. Would you rather have one of those two guys or Lance McCullers? Cobb is projected for hundred fifty five, currently healthy. I think I would take the Cobb because again, they're currently healthy. 
Okay, I I, I I I tend to agree with that. But remember, he only how many innings did he pitch last year? How many innings did Cobb pitch? How many innings did Alex Wood pitch? And how many innings will Lance McCullers pitch? It could be pretty close for one, one of those guys. One fifty last year for Cobb and one thirty for Wood. Um, yeah, I, I McCullers pitched like fifty. So yeah, I I think I would take the uh, the Alexes over uh, the the Giants Alexes over the. Uh, over Lance McCullers. And I agree. I agree. Yeah. Now, you called him the uh, the Mondesi of pitching, but what who, who, what is uh, James Paxton? Is he the uh, is he the Buxton of pitching, I guess, with the X? Uh, yeah. Yeah, Paxton, uh, Buxton? Yeah, I, very similar. I mean, he has a hamstring issue. They hoped he, he hopes that he'll resume throwing from the mound by the end of this week. He played catch last week, you know, to test things out. He has a hamstring issue. He had a grade one right hamstring strain. And he's not expected to be ready for opening days. Coming off a slew of injuries, uh, he, he's a guy that if if you if you get him really really late and you have room on your roster for him, and you want to take that risk, fine. But he's also a guy that if he's not drafted in one of your leagues and you want to get him, let's say toward the like the second week in Feb for a dollar or two dollars because people aren't thinking about him, then that's that's probably the best way to go about treating James Paxton. Sure, I mean, uh, why not take a stab? Uh, if you have if you have the room, especially if you have the IL, uh, ha- how many uh, innings have he had over the last two years, Paxton? Uh, let's see. I don't think he pitched at all last year, um, and I think he pitched like uh, I'd say sixty innings the year before. Lower, lower thirty. <laughs> Keep going. Okay, so do you want that <laughs> risk on your team? One. If you, I mean, this is one, one, one inning. One. Wow. Okay. So yeah, I should have said how many innings. How many inning? Yeah, that's better. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, what about Jose Quintana? Uh-oh, one met on the IL. It looks like, although Epler said, we're not telling you it's going to be three months. Although yes. he thought the okay. it's three months, right? As, that's, that's a load of hooey. Um, he has a stress fracture in his rib. Um, they initially said, I mean, there are reports saying that he's going to be out for three months. I tend to agree with that. I mean, right away, Billy Epler said, no, he's not going to be out for three months. Yes, he will be out for three months. Chris Sale missed three months with almost the exact same injury last year. So he will probably be out until the All-Star break, if not a little bit later, which is why David Peter David Peterson and Tyler McGill, if you can get them cheap, if they're still cheap, those are guys to go after because those can be the replacements, and the Mets go, may go with a six-man rotation, and those are the next two guys up. Yeah, you think it's going to be McGill or Peterson for, for the fifth? I think it's going to be both. I think that the Mets said they're going to go with a six-man rotation. I think I think McGill in his last outing pitched, I think, three or four innings. So I think the Mets are building both of them up just in case. I think they don't, they really don't have another lefty. That's why um, Peterson is a little bit has a little bit of an edge there. But I don't think they need that lefty per se. They're both very good pitchers, so they're both not bad replacements for him. This is why last year when we when we drafted um DeGrom, who did we pick as insurance for these guys? And that yeah, was Magel. Magel. Tyler McGill yeah. or Magel, however you pronounce it. Yeah. Um he's a guy that we 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 drafted him because we knew he was going to replace the replace DeGrom for we don't know how long. Same thing with Quintana. You don't know how long he's going to be out, so you can get one of those guys. They will announce it closer to the opening day who's going to take that spot, but I mean, this is the number five starter, four starter, and they want to have a six-man rotation. I'd expect both McGill and Peterson to be in the uh, opening rotation. Yeah, you know, so just a word about ATC projections on this. Somebody asked me, and as I have 100 innings for David Peterson right now, 
Um, that probably will go up. Now, projections are going to go up. They did not they because Quintana was not officially announced as out, um, you don't see a lot of movement in projections, even though we knew it would happen. Um, so there's a little bit of a lag of ATC because it relies on underlying. I give it a little bit of a boost manually, as I do within my confines of what I think is actuarially accepted to introduce your own input. Uh, but you'll see it go up more as projections will go up. So the 100 innings now is low. At 100 innings, Peterson projects about a $4 player. So this is a nice little bargain here. Yes, uh, yes. But, I, but I his, really his, like his ADP is going up in TGFBI. As soon as the Quintana injury came up in my league, Peterson was grabbed and McGill, and McGill was picked the round after. So people are taking their sides as to who they want. I, 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 I also I, I heard the news. I had the next pick. Boom, David Peterson. Uh, so that was a good, good pick there. All right, let's do a few more. Uh, Daniel Hudson, prospective saves guy, as we talked last show, for the Dodgers. Uh, when's he going to be back, and is he going to get any save ops? Very possible, but not yet. He's coming also. He's recovering from last June, an ACL repair in his left knee. He had right ankle tendonitis this past February. He's not expected to be ready for opening day. He's, uh, Dave Roberts calls him, quote, still a ways away from pitching live games. He did throw a live batting practice uh, session last week, so he is coming along, but it's going to take some time, and he is 36, so he's not a spring chicken anymore, which means his recovery may take a little bit longer. Uh, you may not see him tour until mid to late April, maybe around that time. That's when I think he'll come in, and, I, and because he's coming off an injury, I don't think they'll put him into the closer's job right away, so I think if you want another option at the closer position for the Dodgers, I think you take them for now. Yeah, I don't like holding on to him, especially in leagues we don't have uh, some IL room just he's not going to be a saves up guy for at least a month into the season, and it's not a good spot to hold. Uh, what about Liam Hendricks? Uh, when's he coming back? Is is he? I gotta imagine he's not worth holding in in any league no, other than no, IL. No, no, there, there's no timeline yet. Um, his top priority remains his battle with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Um, we don't know how long he's going to be out for. I tried to do some research on this. I mean, Carlos Carrasco had CML, or chronic myeloid leukemia, another form of cancer. He missed three months. John Lester had a similar to, similar um, cancer issue as Liam Hendricks did, and he, he was diagnosed September of 2006, and he missed most of 2007. So I wouldn't bank really on Liam Hendricks doing much this year, but there still is a possibility that he's a quick healer, and hopefully, God willing, he will be a quick healer and be perfectly fine, and maybe we'll see him toward the end of the year. How about Chris Sale? Looks so far pretty strong this spring. Uh, he's You're getting an injury discount for him. He's... High skill pitcher going mid late. Is he somebody who you'd be on? Is he going to be strong? What's your take? Yes, yes, he's he's a buy, buy, buy. He had this, you mentioned him before about the rib fracture they had last year, the one that Quintana has now. He fractured his finger. He pitched three scoreless innings over this weekend. So that's something to consider. He is, he can be top flight. He's already said that he has something to prove this year. Um, coming off those injuries and because of his age, there should be no inning limit coming back. So I, I think he's a guy that may give you more innings than you expect. And where he's going, I think he's a buy. How many innings do you think he's had over the last two seasons? Um, let's see. Well, he missed the first three months of last year. And then he missed, I think, the last two months of last year. So he probably pitched about a month. A month, you're talking about five starts, so let's say about... Uh, he had five innings last year. Five innings last year. Okay, five innings. Um, and the year before, even less. 
He had 42 innings the year before. He had 48 for the two seasons. Okay, so in so less stress on his arm. He is older, yeah. but that's that is less stress on his arm. I guess. I guess. All right. Uh, let's go with uh, John Means. Uh, sneaky pick for last year, but what's his story? When's he coming? Means actually threw twenty fastballs at fifty percent intensity off of a mound last week. That being said, he had Tommy John surgery April of last year. His target is a late July return, so he's not rosterable right now unless you have an IL and you really think he's going to start when he comes back. So you're talking about late July. People, uh, uh, pitchers coming off Tommy John, a lot of times they have setbacks. When they say late July, I'll say closer to August, mid-August. How much are you going to get value out of him? I have no idea. I don't know if he's going to come back as a starter right away. So uh, he's, he's not really rosterable right now. Finally, another guy who missed the WBC for injury, Nestor Cortez. Uh, any concerns with him starting on time and just being what he did last year? I think he will probably miss one or two starts. He tenet- he is tentatively scheduled for he was tentatively scheduled for live batting practice today. I didn't see whether or not he did, and he's supposed to pitch in a Grapefruit League, League game this coming Sunday. So if he can do that, he may be able to ramp up. He's a little bit behind, and barring any in, barring any setback from this grade two hamstring strain that he had either early in camp or right before camp, I think he may only miss like a week or two. All right. Well, that's all the hitters and pitchers we have to talk about. Uh, as we said, this is a big, long injury episode. Hopefully that answered most of your questions. I think we covered pretty much everybody that people have concerns about. Um, any other random ones? Uh, let's throw out Anthony Rendon. Is he back to Anthony, being ready? Anthony Rendon, he's no injury risk right now, but his value is not that high because he's also one of those injury-prone players after his great season when the Nationals made their run. And Chris Bryant? Chris Bryant seems healthy, um, but also a guy who always mm-hmm. seems to break down. So, listen, for for those types of guys, if you want to roster them, that's fine. But make sure your roster construction is in a way that you can compensate just in case these guys don't hit the high notes that you want them to hit. All right, that's it for me here. Um, any any last words, Ruvain? Uh, it's just a lot of information. Thank, thank you very much for, for doing this as always, but this was – Really great. I think the listeners got a lot of good information. And I hope, I hope again, that you, you all bared with my hoarse voice. I'm sorry about that, but we figured we, we didn't want to not do the show because of it. Um, so thank you for listening, despite the voice. And I, I hope you forget everything I just said tomorrow night when we have to do our draft <laughs> together so that I can take all these bargains where they, where they are. Um, but if if I did not mention any of the players that you wanted to hear, you can always follow me on Twitter at MLB Injury Guru, where I tweet out these injury updates. I do answer questions about specific players if you tweet at me, so I will answer them. I also will have my weekly article in Rotoboiler coming when the season starts. It comes out every week to help you with your fab for the week. All right, and I'm Ariel Cohen. You can reach me over at Twitter at ATCNY, and you can find my stuff at Fangraphs at Rotoballer, and on this show, the Beat the Shift podcast presented by Fangraphs. All right, thank you, Ruvain, once again for coming on the show, as always, and uh, hopefully you've gotten a great uh, draft kit here from our uh, podcast throughout the offseason. We've had all the position previews, the auction strategy show, injury show, uh, we'll probably do one more show in a, in about a, 10 days or so. Uh, you guys, maybe you'll have some drafts after, but a lot of you are drafting before. So good luck on them. 
Uh, I'll be doing a bunch of drafts this week. Uh, you can come out to Tout Wars and see me. I'll be there on Sunday in the head-to-head, trying to knock off two-time winning Frank Stample, who took the title from me. So try to get it back there. Um, and if you, you want to see us both in action, we're going to be at the NFBC auction draft on f- this coming Friday at 9 a.m. You can watch how we do our auction. Oh, that's right. For more information, just uh, uh, message us. Uh, we'll tell you where you can watch us. So, yeah, if you're in the city this weekend, we will be there. Um, and uh, hopefully you'll have some drafts, too, and good luck in those. All right. Again, once again, thanks so much, Ruvain, as always. And uh, from all of us here at Beat the Shift, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Beat the Shift podcast presented by Fangress. Follow us on Twitter at beat underscore shift underscore pod.